I'm Daniel Norton here with K.R. King from D&D Homebrew. As always, how are you doing there, K.R.? Well, I want to make sure this podcast only goes 15 minutes, which it won't. Good luck with that. So, Daniel, you know, if you're thinking about this in terms of my own, uh, the campaign, the in-person campaign that I'm running, but also with experiences with other campaigns that I played in online and then also at, uh, in the past with game stores and then back to the days of when I ran with a group of friends for many years is how long, you know, do you run a campaign? I, I did a video on this in terms of initially from the start, but when, as you're running along, do you ever think to yourself as a GM, you know, I can see the end of this campaign coming. And then what are those reasons? Is it the players are at a, a level in whatever system that you're in that it's not interesting. You're coming to a logical end in the story. Uh, there are things in your personal life or other players or, you know, what, I guess the question would be what kind of dictates that often for you? Or do you think to yourself, I'm get we're getting to that point. I can see it coming because I've done this enough. This campaign is going to be coming to an end. Or do you think I could just run this forever? Right. So that's, that's really all of those <laughs> done. done to, <laughs> no. So it, I think like many things, right. It's that thing, right. The, the answer is, it depends. I think there's a lot of ways to end it. And I think part of it, part of it has to do with expectations up front, right. If you say to somebody, we're going to run this book, this Pathfinder book, right. Let's say book one of the whatever, blah, blah, blah. And when it's done, you're done. Right. And I, and my experience with that would be Coriolis. We ran the first book of the, their long campaign and that effectively air mayor quoting here ended the campaign because we didn't have the second book yet. We were basically done, right? We may someday come back to it, but I would call that an end. If we never play again, it's cool. Like where there was a good wrap up, it finished. I've also had other ones where I set a time limit. I, when I was running one of my very first online uh, long campaigns, it was in basic expert. I said, I'm going to run this for a year, you know? And it's interesting because I had kind of a, a, a weird experience. I won't name any names, but I, as I was coming close, you know, we were running every other week. And there was like four, I, I put them in a Facebook group, right, a Facebook group for it. I put them all out there and I put on the last one, uh, final, uh, you know, final game, you know, campaign ends. And one of the players, this is like five, five, so probably two months out, says to me, well, if we're just going to end the campaign, I don't want to play anymore. And I thought, but I, I said at the beginning, we were going to play for a year. Like you're, you don't want, you're suddenly going to stop playing. And it was weird because it's almost like they desired the campaign to end with something maybe more satisfying. So I could see that being something that a lot of people would want, right? This campaign was a Mega Dungeon, so I mean, what are you, what's what's satisfying unless you ever finished Mega Dungeon, right? So it's kind of like, do we want the campaign to end? So like the Coriolis one, where like literally an arc is done and people feel like I'm good, right? Or are we okay with it? Just, you know, we're done with these characters, let's move on. And I think it, you know, again, it probably depends. I think the first one is probably preferable even in a sandbox where we reach a point where, okay, this feels right. Another quick example I'll give is we were running, my friend Mike was running a, uh, a Hateful Place campaign, of all things, right? <laughs> Started as a one-shot, but we ended up playing like six or seven, uh, maybe eight uh, sessions, and it came to a spot. Like, we were we were, we were were survivors. It was it was kind of based on, um, oh God, I want to think of the name now, but basically we were, we were put in a bunker, and then we wake up like hundreds of years later, uh, you know, after a nuclear war, and we're trying to rebuild civilization. And we actually just got to a point where it felt right. Like, it just was like, we got to this point and it's like, we could continue going, but we've, we've did something like it's clear. You could finish this story now and people could, if they were watching it, if we were, if, or if they were reading, if it was a short story, they could look at this and go, okay, I can kind of see that it's going to be a tough journey ahead, but they're going to do what they need to do. Like, it, we didn't need to play that out. It was over. 
So we just and literally, I mean, I remember saying it. I'm like, I, and I told him, I, I, I am really enjoying this campaign, but honestly, I think it's done, <laughs> you know? Uh, and he said, I think you're right. And then we took a vote and everybody was like, yeah, I think that's just a perfect place to end it. We, we got to this point. We know, you know, theoretically in our heads what could happen and we're, we're good walking away. What about you? Like, have you, how do you generally end them? It's interesting because I don't think I've ever said, I'm just, we're going to run this for a year. Right. And it's interesting because I thought to myself, well, when you do that, does the, that time thing approaching where, or do people see that? And sure enough, you did have someone that said, oh, you know, I I don't like that or whatever. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I think actually that's kind of a, if you're, if you're, you're saying this is how much time I want to invest, let's just get there and let's see in six months, let's see in nine months, whatever, what's going on. My thing is when I set, set up the campaign, I'm thinking to myself, how long can we sustain this? you know, interest in this world, things I've set up. Because if things don't get done, I'll just plug them in somewhere else. Uh, If players, you know, depending on the world, you know, you could run forever, I suppose, but Mm -hmm. how realistic is that in terms of the leveling and whatnot? So I'm running this in-person thing, uh, and we have run for a year and two months, and we have literally run almost every week three and a half hours. So that's 60 sessions or whatever. Nice. That's a lot of D and D, right? And mm-hmm. that's a lot of, and they're all at eighth level, and they're all, you know, getting to that level. It's a five E campaign where I start. It's not quite there yet, but it's getting close to where it, it starts to lose a little bit of interest for me as a GM, right? Mm-hmm. So I made some hints. We had a player that had to leave the game. His personal life changed, and he's taking care of his kids, and he's had to do it on that night. We could, no one could shift to another night. We had this is why Monday night was the night we were playing because everyone had different things going. Okay. So I made some hints about let's we maybe we should be winding this down. And they were just like, what? No, <laughs> we've got to do this. We got to do this. What about the demon that's going to take over the world? And I'm like, well, first of all, it's imaginary. It's not really going to take over the world. But secondly, I'm just saying, and I, and I've thrown out at one point in the beginning, I threw out, Hey, if people want to run and this one guy said, Oh, I could run too. And then now he's saying, Oh, I don't have time to run. I don't know what that's about, but I'm like, really? Okay. So, and it's something where I am making that decision of, for me, when they get to these high levels in a 5e type system, I just don't have that much interest. The other thing that I would say is, yes, the Pathfinder, uh, like Adventure Path, or you ran a Coriolis module, that has a very natural endpoint, right? You just mm-hmm. go along. And always the question is, so these Pathfinder ones go up to like 20th level, right? I've not played one all the way through. I've talked to these people that have. But I'm always thinking to myself, what is it like from 15th to 20th level in this thing? I may find out I'm in two different, no, I'm in three different ones, Kingmaker, Age of Ashes, and Outlaws. But we're still at the low levels because, you know, it takes a long time. And I'm already, like, the Outlaws, what I'm not interested in very much, I have that story, like Age of Ashes, is, and I'm just kind of doing it to learn Pathfinder, you know, to, like, mm-hmm. get into that thing. That, to me, is almost exhausting to think about if I have this big manual and I got to play this out with these players and I've made that commitment as a GM if they want to keep playing, I guess at any time you can just say, guys, I can't do this anymore. My, my thing has changed. But I feel a certain responsibility. I've gathered all these people together to come, and they've invested all this time. And the other thing is you always want them to leave them wanting more. You know, the classic right. showbiz or book, right? You, you want to don't stay too long. Just get out when the getting is good. So I guess it's a long <laughs> right. way of saying it depends on the situation. Well, you know, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the... Uh, it, Ideally, so I'll talk about like my my long term five E campaign that ran for three and a half years. 
so in that campaign, which was sandboxing like yours, they eventually <laughs> found the thing they wanted to do, you know, because after a while, I think, I mean, but of course it took, wait, you've been playing for what, a year, you said? They, a year and two months, yeah. Right, so so this is three years every week, so this is, we've been a little bit longer, uh, yeah. they were 13th level. They, fr- fairly early on because of some situations that happened, really didn't like somebody. <laughs> and that person became kind of like a nemesis in the background. And really they were building up to a point where they could kill this person. Like that's really what, you know, to stop them, you know, the person had evil schemes. Yep. They're trying to bring back Orcus, blah, blah, blah. So when it came down to it, it became narrower and narrower and narrower. And eventually that's what they were doing. I mean, cause I'm always throwing out what, what one of my players always yells, just stop some side quests, even though they're not side quests they're just stuff. But after a while, at a certain level, you just ignore those things because you have to. And it's tough because they'll be like, oh, we want to save the people. You can't. Like, you do you want to stop this, you know, evil threat, this, you know, the dark lord that's doing this? Or do you want to go over there and do this one thing? So they have to make tough decisions. And eventually it did get to the point where they did have this, like, epic finale. And to this day, I don't know how they pulled it off because I had kind of created this, like, uh, Spider-Man on the bridge situation where it was like, make a choice. Like, you can't do both things. And they did both. Because, you know, that's what player characters do. And it was awesome. I mean, they, they did the thing. So I was like, wow, this is not like I thought one of these two bad things were going to happen because you had to make a choice. And they did both of them. And it was awesome. And we finished and everybody felt fulfilled that they had finished that. And I just kind of did a, um, you know, I said, I said, well, you, you saved the world or whatever. Like, this is it, right? You're 13th level. It's like, let's do something else. And they were all agreed. I mean, as we got closer, they, they knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. And then we did like kind of an epilogue. We did like one, maybe we did two sessions, I think one session where I kind of like gave like a future. Like I said, okay, so this is what's going to happen because you did this and now I'm kind of like cutsceneing you, you know, you're losing, because people hate losing control of their characters, but I'm like, this is what's going to happen. If this person does this and there was a god they were interacting with and basically it was Baba Yaga, but she was like one of the gods of the world and she basically granted them all domains to be in control of and this and that and they got kind of these rewards And then I kind of gave them a chance to like talk about it. Like, how does this progress to the future? How does, you know, and then that was it. So we had a really nice clean ending, but I wouldn't have known that when I started, right? Like it was, we were just playing D&D. It was like, let's just see what happens. And it was nice that it built that, built that up. But I could totally see like in my current campaign, there's not, well, there is a single thing they're doing, but I think once they do the thing they're doing, I don't think the campaign will be over because it's kind of a, a more minor thing than in my 5e campaign. You know, the world's not going to end. They're just trying to stop this one evil force. So I don't see an, an end in sight in that one. And they're uh, eighth level. So that's pretty high level for OD&D. Yeah. And you're taking it to that level traditionally that we, first of all, it took forever to get there because we were doing the experience points. and mm-hmm. It's hard to get. In my campaign, the in-person, there's this evil guy that's trying to get released. He's got his minions working. And they're they're really now at this high level where he notices them and he's fixated on them in some ways because they keep thwarting his plans and stuff. And they're trying to unite these fractious settlements, these towns in this world to say, look, guy, we need to do this. And now they've gotten to the point where he's raising up arms of the indigenous people on this continent that we're all screwed. So... All the players know they all had these orcs and hobgoblins that one time lived at this place, got pushed out of the prime farmland and everything by the more clever colonists, right? So there's sympathy, but they're all going to be wiped out because because instead of accommodating, and they're trying, they're negotiating with a group of orcs that are not under this guy's sway. They see him as kind of a cult leader. And, you know, the answer is not just to wipe out everyone. The answer is to try to get along. So, right. And then when I was suggesting... 
it might be time to go out. One of the characters said, well, wait a minute. I want to get a resurrect spell for one of the characters that got killed in the beginning because he had promised to do this. And another character said, I want to do this. I want to make sure this town. Another guy said, I want to build this thing over here. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I guess I can do it. You're, I like your style of just like, okay, here's what happened. You built your thing. You did this. You did yeah, that. Well, because yeah. that thing of like, of like running that, Okay, so I guess maybe it's me, because like I said, when I suggested this, they all looked at me like, are you crazy? And I thought, aren't you getting a little tired of these, you know, this situation? So it's just fascinating, because I tend to get more bored than they do. And when, you know, just not bored, I don't want to say that, but the storylines become a little more unmanageable or something, right. you know? I don't know. I like it to be a little more cohesive than, than you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that the game kind of outstrips itself. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I think a couple things, and this has play more to do with the players than the, than the DM, I think. And that is that, well, first of all, I'll say the first thing, which is I think that if you kind of rough out your world and you have an idea, then you already know that more or less from the beginning, right? Like you kind of have an idea. So now you've been playing that world for uh, 14 months. They're just learning things that you already knew about. So I think that might be why they're enthusiastic on things that you're like, oh, really? Okay, this, you know, it's like I've been in this in my head this whole time. I mean, just, I mean, I'm projecting onto you. I, I don't know, obviously, but that yeah. would be my thought. Like, if I knew something that for four, you know, for 14 months and now it's coming out, it's not new to me, right? And we like new stuff as DMs. But I think, too, that the the typical, this is, again, this is not a slide on 5e. It's going to sound like it. Here we go. I'm about to slide 5e. The, yeah. the type of game where that involves character builds and powers that increase per level. So your Pathfinders, your 5e's, your other games that do that. Um, and you could argue that D&D does that with magic spells. Whatever. Yeah, I say D&D they, is they, the granddaddy of them all. Right. But the thing about that is like if, okay, so for instance, the, if you're a character in in a, in a game that's more simple, forget about any, you know, and, and you, have, you, you have no choice but to be interested in the larger world, not interested in yourself. Like you're doing a great job keeping your players interested in the world, which is awesome. They want to build a tavern. They want to resurrect people. But I think the reason why people can sometimes burn out on these other games is because they're constantly thinking, Oh, but when I get to the next level, I get this. But when I get to the next level, I get this. And they want to keep leveling up. Because what you could do, in theory, if you're happy with 8th level power levels, you could just be like, we're going to play 8th level for the next year. You know, I mean, you don't have to level them up immediately, right? But they, they could take a long time to level up. But I think players that seek new levels as their, uh, what feeds them. And everybody does this at the beginning. And we've talked about this advancement. But if that's the main draw, like you're like, oh man, my level 15 power is awesome. You want to be level 15. I mean, I, I'm the same, right? I would want to be level 15 if, if if I had a power up there. So I think that that's part of why they might want to keep advancing in levels. So they don't want to end until they get those powers, right? Because they see them stripped out in front of them. Whereas if you look at a, uh, a, a, a group that's more focused in the world, which again, they are also, which is nice, then getting the tavern is the final goal, right? So once they get that, it's easier to end it because it's like, well, you wanted to do this tavern or whatever, you know, or... You want to resurrect this guy. Okay, well, that's a ninth level spell. You're not going to have that likely. So you know what? Quest for it. That's a quest, right? You can quest to get this resurrection spell for a one-time use for this one guy. And that wraps up his uh, his goal. His, his, so his character is relieved, right? It's like, ooh, okay, done. And you could do that kind of stuff. I think that might be worthwhile, right? Like all of my players in this campaign, they rolled up random motivations, which is very funny because sometimes they're just like, oh, okay, my motivation is supposed to be this, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but of course they're not motivated for that anymore because that was random at first level. And now they're motivated by what's happening in the world. So I like, I don't know, like for me, I've never run like an open ended never ends. Like I kind of felt like each game I've run, 
starts to pinch in and narrow in near the end. But this particular game is not like they are wide open. I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see where they go uh, with this. So I'm curious how it'll end. And maybe we'll uh, we'll talk about it when it does. Hopefully, if this podcast is still there in 20 years while I'm still running. <laughs> yeah. And my players, if they heard me talking with, and, and they might I haven't told them about this podcast for a variety of reasons, because I know I'm going to talk about things. So I never mentioned this. So if they heard me talking, they would just be like, what? Because. I just sort of brief kind of casually mentioned it and they were just like, right. Oh no, no, we want to do this. And that. I do have uh, one player, especially who's totally into the leveling. Right. And he's constantly saying when I get to this level and this level. So he's mm-hmm. just like, I've mentioned the fact that, you know, and we've all talked about, Oh boy, you get up to 15th level. It's un- unplayable. And he's like, well, I'd like to see that. You know, he wants to, he exactly what you're saying. And it's an inverse relationship in a weird way to how interested they are in the world as opposed mm-hmm. to their character. Now, he did, all of a sudden, he's like, he's a monk, and he's like, well, I want to start a training ground in a monastery. And I had these little gang kids in this town that emulate him because he does all these crazy things. So there's written spray paint, you know, like graffiti, Spark lives, and all this stuff. His character's name is Spark. And he totally got into that. And and he's a really nice guy. He helps. He's into charities in real life. So suddenly, he had a thing outside of his character that he was into, Mm -hmm. and that has become his focus to a certain extent. So... Again, he just wasn't, I think he came from a video game background and whatever and, and didn't understand right. that concept, right? And it took him a while. Whereas other players immediately began conceiving of their place in this world and started building that. So, mm-hmm. I, and I think they would, if we had time and whatnot, they they also said to me at one point, well, if we're going to rerun, can we just start again in this world? And I'm like, well, that's, you could, but you kind of already know a lot about it, right? To me... Right. Which we used to do. Now, what we always did was we, I had a giant continent, like 12 giant hex pages. And I'd start another campaign right. somewhere else on the world. And i just run that because it was the geography and all the ideas that I had. So that's what we did as kids and in college and stuff. I would just move them around, right? Because also then you had people, jobs, you know, in your, in your 20s, people like, I'm moving to Seattle or I'm going to this or I'm, I'm getting right. married and I don't know if I can play D&D and all that kind of stuff happened. Um, so that, that also can, can intrude on things. No, no, that's actually a really good point that, 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 that I interrupted you. That's what so that kills one most of my campaigns. Yeah. So, so I mean, and I'm just spitballing here. So what happens when, or, you know, we're just, I'm, I'm speculating because this hasn't actually happened to me, but what happens when you aren't like ready to end the campaign per se, but then all of a sudden, you know, some of your players are like, oh, we have to stop. And, and everybody's like, well, we can't play without that guy. We'll have to start a new campaign. Like, how how do we put a bow on it, right? Because I think that the 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 ideal for me playing in a game, so for me, like as a player, is to feel like my character did the thing they set out to do, right? So how do we do that, right? Do we do we accelerate it? Do we make people change their goals? Do we let them not do it? Like like how is it that we can pull off? And obviously, it would depend. If it's one session, it's not possible, right? <laughs> but let's say you had five sessions, right? Like, can you like do an individual focus on each character and let them attempt to do their thing? Like, how how would we even do that? And it is it like unrealistic? I, well, I'm curious. This is well good one for the callers. Like, have you ever had yeah. that happen? And you want to, re- or let's say that you're running a campaign and one person's leaving, and their character is has been a big part of the campaign, and you want to give them a send off. Like, do, do you like just like kind of <laughs> reach it there? Is it with DM Fiat and like rip the really kind of like force a story in so that you can end that for them? I mean, I, I'm curious. I don't know what I would do. That's why I'm I'm kind of throwing it out there. 
I, I don't believe I've had that. The only thing that I had, and this is going to get a little maudlin, but I had a good friend of mine who got cancer and passed away, and he'd asked me to run a DOD campaign. And he ran this campaign up to three weeks before he passed away. So the final sessions were, and then one of the guys in the campaign was saying to me, aren't you going to finish this? Aren't you going to have us win the goal? They were a little bit away. And I said, well, if I do that, it's fake. It's like phony. Like the, my friend Jeff, who's a master player, is going to know, hey, ours is doing this to, to there was something about also like, okay, Jeff, that's it. You're done. Uh, you know, you know, so I had it ended midstream. But what I did was I ended with some of the classic monsters of our youth. So I had a mind flayer, uh, Umber Hulk, a beholder. I had these battles that we had. And this was nice. kind of the final session because he loved battles. He loved strategy, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I did that as the end of a campaign, but I've never had it where we all know it's ending. Uh, and as I remember, I mean, I, again, there's so many back in like the eighties and nineties and my friends, in theory, my friends, I ran the rule cyclopedia. We ran a couple times in the early aughts, but none of us could remember the rules very well. And it was just like a friend of mine was in California for the weekend. So he, we played the characters had long been gone. It was actually kind of anticlimactic because we just, we had ended it. Right. But right. we didn't really end it. It was just time for it to end in our lives. So, and then it becomes kind of, uh, melancholy right mm -hmm. when you try to get these characters back and you're just not in that place of life that's another element of all this you know you played you talked about playing at 12 playing in your 20s playing in your 30 you know every all the periods of life have people that have children have a different attitude about mm -hmm. the world and 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 so those elements go into this as well about life things and some things are just meant to end and you can't you can't go back to high school right you can't go back to college you right. just got to move on from that in a way. No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, sometimes it's fine if it just ends. Because I think, too, that this, you know, it depends on how you run your game. But I think, too, we can usually feel if we're if we're hopefully and I, maybe this is a reason. So here I'm going to uh, be maybe a hot take. <laughs> a reason why I don't love super linear uh, um, adventure paths. Because if you were doing that and you were trying to kill this final boss and then the campaign ended because people moved away, you would feel like you're in stasis, right? But like in my campaign, I mean, every once in a while they end in a really bad spot, but almost certainly it feels like we did something. Like at any point it could end. And I'm sure that we would all be sad because we want to keep playing. But if we had to stop playing, like right now, again, it's like, and that's a story for another day. You know, it's like it, it, it generally has that vibe. And maybe that's part of why I shape my stories like that, or if you want to call it that, or we shape our stories like that at the table, is because maybe deep down we know that, like, we, we have to grab these moments and play them as, as in with as much heart as possible because we never know if we're going to play again. You know, every week you could say we're going to come back, but something could happen, right? And then now suddenly you're not back playing. Wow, we're, we're getting dark. <laughs> well, <laughs> like okay, so works. let's just say... <laughs> To wrap it up, maybe or something. I knew that if I tell the Jeff Stern story, because it gets, it's. I mean, I I gave my eulogy at his funeral, and people were just they came up to me because I talked about playing D and D up to three because they all knew that he was a huge D and D guy. It was a big yeah. part of his whole thing in life. He was also a scientist at the Jet Propulsion Lab and all this stuff. He's very well regarded and super genius and all this stuff, bridge master and everything. But the idea there is that. You know, first of all, doing what you love, but you never know what it's going to end. So I guess you could say play every session as though this might be the last right. session, right? And try as a GM. Yes, you're going to end things in the middle of things, of course, sometimes. 
But if you can have a little bit of a wrap-up, a little bit of a thing in these sessions, it's great. Because probably you're going to play again. But nothing lasts forever, right? Nothing, things change. And and yet, as you said, if you get the attention with the sandbox, you can I, you could run forever and ever and ever yeah. and ever. I, again, do you want to be running at 20th level or whatever your system has and just keep mm-hmm. recycling that? Maybe. Or do you want to just have new characters come up, and but it's the same kind of world or something? I don't you know that. I've done that as well, and it gets a little right because they know all this lore that their character wouldn't know, and all that kind of stuff. That's why I would transport them to other places just so to start that process yeah. again. I also really love the process of going from first to, or if you start at third or whatever, to those high levels. To me, mm-hmm. that's kind of the funnest part of the game, not the super high level, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And what's interesting about this is, and this is probably another podcast, but we'll, we'll kind of my I will. This will be my last <laughs> word. Usual. Maybe I say this will be my last word. But we'll see. If we, um, I think that this is one reason why if you play the different tiers in an old school game, it can become a different game. Like you can, like if you're, like my character's eighth, ninth level, right? When they get down to the level, they're going to start being able to build castles and have domains. We can effectively retire those characters and keep playing, right? But there's none of that really. I mean, I, I there is some, I don't want to say none, but it's not really a part of the play style in the modern game, right? The modern game, the high tier is like heroes of the multiverse or something, right? I forget what they call right. it. So, so you're supposed to keep adventuring and fighting things in space, which is awesome. But at the same time, uh, not everybody, that's not for everybody, right? So if you are the person that likes to end around eighth level, that could feel open for some people and they want to try the high level play. But when you look at like OD&D, it's like, well, you're not going to get any better. It's like, do you want to do a castle? And if they're like, no, then it's like, all right, then we hand wave that you got a castle and now you're an NPC. So I think you... It's a little easier to kind of like put a a, a, a cork in it or put a bow on it. I keep saying it more. <laughs> because you can basically say... Put a cork in that, please. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, that's why some games, like I've seen some OSR games, especially, and probably some modern games too, that actually literally have a much lower uh, cap. I've seen people actually talk about that with 5e early on, where people talked about the idea of... Of course, that would make it super heroic because they kept everything, but they were like, let's mock, let's drop it down to 10 levels. So like instead of every other level, get something, you get it every level. And that way you can, everybody can actually play through those, all those things. So those are definitely options, I think. But uh, I think in a world where there's a sandbox, early on, what you want to do is seed to the players that they won't be able to do everything. I think once they understand that, then they're more okay with getting to a point and ending and not feeling like, well, we didn't do everything because my player cards have left a lot of things in their wake that they just couldn't do, right? They chose what they wanted. And if they went back to those places, time has passed, right? In my campaign world, we're, we're like, I, we're, we've been playing for over two years. I think about three and a half years have gone by in the world. So stuff's happened. My, I just had a player who wrote me and she said, could you give me a list of all the things that we have done and are to do? And I'm thinking to myself, I know exactly why she's saying it because she's hearing me say this and she's going to say, well, yeah. I want to do... Da, 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 right, yeah. and then there's the keep of Niz, this mega dungeon that I made. I'll mm-hmm. just use it somewhere else that they've right. never run in, and it's a whole like you know, mad mage kind of thing. It's many levels, and so, but I just I created that at one point on my own time, and then they've never run it. That, but they so again, they really want to do these things, and they're going to feel like, yeah. oh, that ended, and we never got to do X or Y. Little yeah. knowing that I'm just going to change a few names and things and <laughs> put it in something else, right? Because I want to use it. I put the time in. So to me, it's just like I could do that again. And I do think the condensing of the levels, you're still going to run into that issue of, um, you know, and we have all the things, you know, the glass cannon thing where you get into these battles where if something can do massive damage or 
I, I don't know. It just let's let's take the battles out of the thing. Well, then what is it that you're trying to do as you travel the planescape and you go here and you go there? Like you said, it can be fun to have spaceship stuff, but then that turns into it's my spaceship or whatever. You know, like you always have right. to massage the the format such that we can actually play it right instead of right. It becomes a different game. Like if you have wizards having a limited wish war or something, right? <laughs> or so, or like you know demigods that are just yeah. like, oh, and I reverse that, and I'm just going to have that not happen. How would they fight each other? It just becomes it's an unworkable thing unless you really think it through and have well when you limited wish each other. You have to do this, this, or that, you know. Well, you know what's interesting about that? So. And again, this is definitely another podcast, but I yes. am not, and I know you are, a war gamer. But the more I play, like, some war games and skirmish games and stuff, the more I think that that kind of stuff is better suited for that. Like, if you're going to have demigods fight each other, I would just play it out with miniatures and not even, like, use the a lot of the D&D rules. I would just streamline them and be like, this is what we're doing. Because then you could be like, well, they're both demigods, so they're each rolling the same dice. <laughs> like it's, it is yes. equal, right? You don't have to roll a hundred dice; they're basically the same. So if you think about how Chainmail does it, like superhero versus superhero, you make one roll and who wins, right? I mean, you could do it that way. It's simple. So I think that'd be fun, but I don't know if players would want to play their characters that they have hard won in that way. So it's probably not a perfect solution. right. Because there's a game I can't think of it. I wish I could do it. It's a tactical miniatures game where you're on this planet. And there's another creature on the planet, and you're going to fight each other. It's sort of like Captain Kirk against the creature when they put the put him on the planet. Or there's right. a movie, Hell in the Pacific, Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mofune are Japanese and American guys on an island, right? And they're fighting each other to survive. Right. So they kind of go, what are we doing? But um, And if you had demigods like that, and they were on this plane, and they had, they had, because of their battle, they suddenly found themselves on this rocky planet. And they had certain abilities and certain not. It right. turns into a tactical game with limited rules because True. that's conceivable. It's just right. not wish you wish, 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 or whatever it is. Right. You know, I'm forming reality. Around. You counterspell I mean, the counterspell it, with your counterspell. Yeah. It would just be like cosmic forces. You would be, you would be, and you see this in some Marvel films. I mean, they're always pretty in, at some level a gaming level incoherent, but in terms of mm -hmm. cinematic, they have all these power. You're always just thinking, why doesn't Theros or Thanos just come down and kill him? But he doesn't. He has to meet them in the middle of the movie. I will get you at some point. And you're like, like the Austin Powers, Dad, just shoot him. Just shoot him right now. Shoot him. You know, so. so no, but no, in a bad guys can world, never do that. They would just shoot him. They would just, you know. So that you is what's funny him. about that, right? It's like you can't, you can't, it's hard to do those moments. That's definitely another podcast. Because, yes. um, you know, like, how do you do it? Because you want to do that. But like, right, D&D people are like, I just want to stab him. Yep. It's like, you, there you want to interact with the. Well, I think the way you would do that, going back to something we talked about before, uh, assuming we put these out in, in order that we record them, um, is that that's, you need to make consequences of doing something like that, right? Main bad guy comes and you just stab him. Cool. But now it's clear that you stabbed this main bad guy. Now you've riled them. Before they were willing to negotiate and threaten you, now there's a hundred guys circling, you know. And again, not like to be mean, but like, let's be realistic. If you kill the leader, right? Because that's supposed to be an honorable thing. Like, I actually use it. I know people hate it, but I actually use alignment language a lot. And I use it purposefully because I tell my characters, you're all lawful until you do otherwise. So the day will come where if they start murder hoboing that somebody will speak in a lawful language to them and they won't be able to understand them. And that will break a lot of alliances that they have. Like, their butts have been saved multiple times by using that. So they know, like, I'm not going to, you know, be evil because I will lose this ability to speak the lawful language, which, which seems silly and quote, unrealistic, but, you know, again, dragons. 
if you kill, so they, my players just defeated the leader of this Ezrin clan, which is the kind of, they're not evil, but they're neutral, tending towards evil. And they defeated them in this big battle. And there was this demon that was controlling the head of the clan. They uncovered the demon and they had this big thing. So now they're like, okay. And I'm like, well, there's going to be a vacuum in this organization. You killed the big, you neutralized. They're going to exile her to the elven woods. They don't, they didn't, they, a lot, a couple of players wanted to just kill her. But she had been taken over by a demon, and cooler heads in the town kind of prevailed. Right. But there's a vacuum here, and things are bad. All these other people are scrambling. Now, do you want to take over this clan? Does that want to be your, okay, we've got 10 barrels of whiskey this week, and we've got a gambling house over here. Is that how you want to run? Because you could do that. But if you don't, things are going to happen. And they realize that. And that's the thing about if you play beyond killing the big bad guy, that power vacuum is just going to return. Something mm-hmm. else is going to replace it. That's just the nature of the world, you know. And right. de, Gaulle, de Gaulle famously said, cemeteries are filled with indispensable men, right? Men who we thought, we lose de Gaulle, we lose Napoleon, we lose whoever. What's going to happen? Well, you know what? The world just goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And there are no indices. Someone will fill in that vacuum. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear your voice on the show, give us a call. You can find all the ways to do that in the show notes. If you'd like to see more RPG content from us, you can find us both on YouTube. Daniel at Bandit's Keep and myself at D&D Homebrew. These are also linked in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, please give us a rating, ideally on Apple Podcasts, as it helps the show be seen by more people. And we'll see you next week.